The entire team at the Emsolation Podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians and cultures of the lands and seas on which we live and work. We pay our respects to all First Nations peoples, elders and ancestors. We acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and stand in solidarity towards a shared future. I personally want to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I record this podcast every week, the Wurundjeri people. I recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place I call home. Always was, always will be. This is Free Time Tuesday on Emsolation with M. Rossiano. Well, hello there and welcome to Emsolation. My name is M. Rossiano. I'm a writer, a singer, a stand-up comedian, a maximalist power queen, a neurodivergent magic brain, and this is Free Time Tuesday. Okay, I'm going to need you to take a big breath and exhale it because you're going to need to gird, prepare, lube, whatever you do when something large and possibly uncomfortable is coming at you. My friend Reuben Kay stopped by the Down the Hill studios and we had almost an hour of non-stop chaos. And when I say this, at least when it's Michael and I, there's yin and yang. It's just yin and yin today. If you're not aware of who Ruby is, you will be by the end of this. He is my, and I'll say this absolutely not just because I know he'll be listening and this will be the only time he listens to this podcast because it's about him. (laughs) I understand that. He's my favourite Australian live performer, easily. And he sings, he dances, he has an incredible band on stage with him. He is unapologetically political he is so talented. God damn it. And I love it. I was first introduced to him by a friend who rang me after she'd seen his show one night. She just said, Em, I have seen the male version of you and you and he need to meet and he is spectacular. And it's true. I stalked him. I went to see his show. I found him on Instagram and I said, I would like to be friends. And he obviously went and looked me up and said, I would like to be friends too. And a beautiful friendship was born. We don't see each other very often because he is travelling all around the world at all times. He hosts cabaret shows in far-off places, very glamorous, Berlin. He's done burlesque in Paris. He's incredible. Six foot four, jaw you could cut glass on. Incredible in drag. I can't say enough good things about the man you're about to hear me sit down with. If you ever get the chance to see Ruben K live... You will not be disappointed. You, you will walk away just feeling like horny and traumatised and born again all at once. <laughs> so um, all I can say to you is it's about to get fast and loud and I tried to make this intro as calm as possible because there was no masking. There was just two people who function at a very high frequency bouncing off each other It's a bit of a -a joke-a-thon for the first 10 minutes till we settle in. But, um, yeah, I know you're going to love him. Look, if you're here and you love me, you're going to love Ruby. Please enjoy my friend, Ruben Kay. I want a TripAdvisor review. Is that a thing? I want the Airbnb of Cox. Is there a Yelp for Cox? Only when they're too big. What, like a a penis service announcement? (laughs) (laughs) Ah! 
Is that what that we is? We should start a nap. <laughs> it's like and call it hole pick. <laughs> but W H O L E pick. What would you call, what would you call what would you call the um the the trip advisor for Dick? Mm. Hor B and B? No. Dick advisor. Dick advisor. Uh rate my dick, dick paint. Um uh, I can't come up with it. Come Queens with a Z. Come Queens. <laughs> Wangapedia. Wangapedia. Very you, good. Thank you. Thank See, you. Bears, load bearing pillars of our community. Hi, gay. Indeed. <laughs> no, I... you do not have a sound effect board. Yeah. You... Hi, gay. Yeah. You are part of the problem. <laughs> I have the report shade. What else do you have? My son saying fucking hell. Gone. Yeah, I have a harp when we want to change subjects. It's a Segway harp. Camp Segway harp. And you don't have to make sense. You just press it and you're off. Fair. Yeah. I have something similar on my phone, which I really enjoy using. <laughs> uh, and I find it really... Where is it here? Is what do you do? Just walk around pointing it at people. Yeah, it's this. Shame. 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 Game of Thrones. It's shame. a Game of Thrones shame bell. Cersei walking. Yeah. Oh my god! Every time, every time, me and Andy, my writing partner, uh, and he comes up with something, which I'm like, a, it's either too awful to put out, or it's not very good. I just go. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, Reuben K. I should probably let people know you're here. Shame. Hi, oh Gabe. <laughs> Reuben Kay, international diva, model, superstar, comedian, cabaret artist. What's your, there's so many of my favourite ones. You're officially. What happens if you tell your children they can be anything? Yep, absolutely. It's the kind of thing, if you look at me now, obviously I'm in civilians, but once you look at the. the... No. (laughs) (laughs) Says, Says the woman with a peaches and cream Barbie here, which might as well just be called bareback Barbie. Thank you. That's my that's my toy. <laughs> it is a choking hazard. <laughs> also, the name of your autobiography. Um, I think that this is a the 1985 Pictures and Cream Barbie. Like this is vintage. Yeah, it's great. This is important. And next to John Farnham's Whispering Jack and Mufasa, who I'm sexually attracted to. These uh, are all the important things. And I was also labelled by Disney the dark, shadowy place. He told us not to go. <laughs> we're off. We're on. We're off. No one's safe. I just want to point out. You and I started solo shows because of the same person. Who? Simone. Oh, yep. Butterfly Club. Yep. So Ruben K is the type of man who'd been going around just being the the Frankenfurter of cabaret. Fam. <laughs> the ringmaster, right? So That's you, what they call me. You st- <laughs> How did you not see that? I get it. <laughs> Also the name of his autobiography. Oh, sure. Ghostwritten by Simone. So I'm just going to do one second. Hi, Gay. So Simone Pulga is the artistic kind of creative head of the Butterfly Club, this venue in Melbourne. This um, Creative head. I'm going to stop. Creative. Hi, Gay. And, um, so wait, before we get there, before we get to Butterfly Club, yeah. all right, I'm gonna have, we've got to have some kind of, because my editor's ex out there going, fuck, I'm not going home today. Yeah. So you started out, can we go, because... Oh, I don't know. Words. I don't know what's that. Words. Words. So 
My friend Janelle Koenig, who has co-written with me and directed a lot of my stuff, yep. she came across you at something in Perth and she sent me a message. It was 2 a.m. Melbourne time and she said, I've just seen your male equivalent. Like giving a hand job to an octogenarian before prostate surgery. Tonight has been a long time coming. And for those of you who don't know who I am, that's homophobia. Because I'm an inspiration and an unbeatable argument for retroactive birth control. I'm a proud gay man, but I'm also the reason there's a lock on the closet door. I don't want to say I'm too effeminate, but in kindergarten, when the nurse saw me run, she said either that kid is gay or he has polio. <laughs> either way, we'll need a lot of penicillin. He's spectacular. You and he need to be together. I'm, I, I don't know. What's, I'm like, God, I've never heard her because she's always monotone. She's not, nothing. You know Janelle. She never, she's very calm. Yeah, exactly. She's yeah. like a modem that really let itself go. <laughs> and I say that with she love because she's fab. She's so fab. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. So I Googled you and then it was, that was it. I, I was felt like, it. Fuck, you did, didn't you? You just started I dilating was, for some reason. You're like, I once told my mum that I had Googled myself and my mum, without skipping a beat, went, well, I hope you used a good lubricant. <laughs> How fab? How camp? But I, I was like, why haven't I ever, where has this man been? So where, why in 2016 when Simone from the Butterfly Club, where have you, where have you been all our lives? I am the world's oldest overnight success. <laughs> I have the forehead of a 21-year-old, <laughs> but the neck and lower back of Shelley Winters. Sorry, Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> I just need a bulldog clip. Someone needs to invent that record. Just, just, just one bulldog clip in the back. Just make it. That's, they, they need to, it's a real alloy. It's a certain metal that can, is, can take the strain. You're going for a thread lift and they're like, oh, Tom, no, sorry. Doll, oh, they're using the same ropes they have on the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Just those big steel cables. They use it all when we put the NBN in. There's no more copper wire left. Oh. No, Sam Newman took it all for his face. <laughs> well, I want the Sam Newman. Can I have the Sam Newman? Except I understand what consent is. Is this just going to be... Okay, go. Come on. It's, we're just going to be... It's going to be... Joke, joke pile on. Joke pile on and reference... Also the name of my autobiography. <laughs> Hi, gay. <laughs> wait, wait. We're palate cleansing. We're sweaty. Where have you been? Uh, today? No. Oh, where have I been? So Listen, this I... is a lot of people's first introduction to you. I'm so sorry for you all. No, they're used to me. It's fine. Oh, great. But I need them, you know... They have a shorthand. I want you to... <laughs> okay, I we want them some... to understand who you are. Some real solid info. I, um, I was like a young gay kid. What? And what? You're gay. And my parents, um, my parents basically said, well, you'll be in music, you're doing musicals. Oh, they so they encouraged musicals straight off the bat. No. Okay. They were like, please be a plumber or an accountant or a funeral director because you'll never run out of work. Wow. Because <laughs> my mum is was a um, is a filmmaker, was a dancer. Can my, you just say your do you just do your mum's voice telling you to do that? Oh, she was like, Robin, it would be really useful if you would be like a plumber or an accountant or a funeral director. <laughs> Because you will never run out of work. And the creative field is treacherous. <laughs> and when you came out, she said? Um, well, first off, my stepfather went, well, duh. Which Fair. is a great anticlimax. <laughs> and my mum said, um, 
it is a mystery to me. Why you think I'm interested? <laughs> it is none of my business who you sleep with, just as it is none of your business who I sleep with. To which I was like, Mom, who are you sleeping with? And she said, none of your business. <laughs> my mum is from East Berlin. And to kind of get, get a handle on her personality, she left East Berlin, then they put the wall up. So you do the math, right? <laughs> so... I was in. I did musicals. I did musical theatre. I did mm. musicals, and I hated it. Um, this might be some recognisable things for you, Em. Are uh, people telling you what to do? Nope. People saying that you have to um, share the stage with other people and let them have their turn. Can't do it. Nope. Won't do it. Not Never interested. Will. Nope. <laughs> um, uh, also, st- sit in a hierarchy and be treated and be treated accordingly. Yeah. Because you know this in musical theatre. Um, they treat you like you're still in school. Mm-hmm. And for people like us, school wasn't... A fun place. No, and we're naturally iconoclastic or naturally rebellious. Mm. So the minute someone tries to put parameters, the first thing we want to do is push back against them. Absolutely. Because part of the the way you affirm your identity is that, mm. for me at least. Uh, and then I did musicals. I was in Evita and I was the... Magaldi, and here's the guy who sings on this night of a thousand stars in London and touring. And I'm the only place in the show where there are laughs. Everything else is uterine cancer and fascism, right? And to be fair, not hilarious, but if you're good enough. <laughs> and ain't nobody can get a laugh out of Argentinian fascism and uterine cancer like me. That came out wrong. Not. <laughs> go. So, but I hated it. I really disliked it. It wasn't a good fit. And then I saw, I was in London and I saw the, um, uh, the cabaret scene. Mm. And unlike stand-up comedy, which at the time was super masked, super white, super like, my girlfriend, but like we all, we never need to see another man in a flannel shirt up against a brick wall with something to get off his chest. Mm. <laughs> Don't get me started. This is my eyes twitching. Sorry, I'm just going to leave the I can see it. You've got it. You know, your nose has started bleeding. Just... <laughs> It's a stress fracture. <laughs> She's passed out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yet they'll still keep coming. They will not end. Ever. Like I said to you, we, we caught up Saturday. Louis C.K. and Dave Chappelle uh, nominated. Nominated for a Grammy. For their comedy albums. All of them. Just fucking, and they never stop coming. They're just lemmings, throwing themselves off the cliffs of attention. He's so awful. And the fact that he was here in this country playing sold out sold shows. Sold out shows. How quickly people forget. Hey. How upsetting. Yeah. So you saw stand-up comedy, that's not for me. You saw cabaret and you're so like... cabaret. Oh. And the host was up there singing songs, mm-hmm. talking shit. Check. But entirely their own creative kind oh, of remit. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I can wear what I want to wear. Yeah. I can say what I want to say. I can sing what I want to sing, how I want to sing it. Oh. And no one's going to tell me, oh, it doesn't fit into this style. I can mash up the genres. I can absolutely play and break forms and break rules and interact with audiences and it can be different every night because mm. every night you feel different and every night the audience feels different and in the musical I would come in I'd be like the audience is not going to laugh at this gag tonight and you weren't allowed to change it because it's show business yeah. the show is frozen that's oh, the term they freeze the show so that me. every night is the same I'm like well I feel different every day the audience is different every day it should be tailored it should be special mm-hmm. and that's for me where the spark the fire the fun is mm-hmm. um the risk as well and what's that it's it has to have that element of edge and so i dove i dove i dove mm-hmm. i dove in 
head first. And then pretty soon it was sort of like, well, come to Berlin for the Berlin Burlesque Festival. We're going to book you in Stockholm. We're going to book you in Paris. We're, and I just, for about, I would say five years, yeah, right. I just did the European and UK cabaret circuit, um, building my aesthetic, building my crowd work, mm. building my... Second to none. My thing. Maybe me. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, but you have much, much bigger crowds no, to work. not true. Well, sold out the Sydney yes, My Music Bowl. Thank you very much. Played the Palais. Yeah, but in time, bitch. Now they know about you. It's over for me, isn't it? <laughs> trying to desperately get on the coattails before it goes up, up, up. Well, please have um oh. have one of these pastries, I've got. <laughs> Just there's nothing wrong with them at all. Ignore the skull and crossbones floating above them in green. They're gorgeous. I will be eating those, but not now. I was actually going to bring in vanilla slices for us to eat. Do you want Together me to shoot my pet? on it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. No, your crowd work my is crowd, it's, well, fucking impeccable. Well, that's the best impeccable. part. Because also, can I say, there's oh. a lot of people who do crowd work with um, with cruelty as their first option. Oh, what about where you're from? Oh, really? That's your first question. Really? But And, and then make fun of the socioeconomic status of the suburb that person's from. Or make from. fun of what they're wearing. Oh. Or all this stuff. Don't do that. And Or can I say a lot of... Queer comics, especially, or drag specifically, start going in on members of their own community. They go in on lesbians. True. They go in on bisexual men. They do that. Someone's like, okay, hang on. Every single one in this room has been through some shit. Can we please mm. use crowd work? Because mm. you can be funny without being an asshole. I do go in on straight men. They're, they have. <laughs> because to be fair, in a crowd of, say, 3,000, there'll be 10 of them. Correct. And I make them all stand up. Great. And I say, for once in your life, you won't be safe when you go to the toilets. You will need to walk back to your car armed with keys. You will be teased for what you're wearing and judged by what you're wearing. I can see your ankles, you sluts. I will. I love. That's I what love. I do. Because I also, I make them all scream based on their demographics. Yeah. And when straight men are the very last, yeah. and I go, oh, there was a bit of a tinge of fear in that <laughs> exactly. sound, wasn't there? Yeah. I think someone might have just realised they're not in the majority <laughs> anymore. We punch up. Absa. Really? Yeah, otherwise not interested. Yeah. But, you yeah, know, the crowd work, fucking good at it. I just remember I saw Butch's back and we took my daughters and it was changed their life too. But I just remember thinking I didn't feel – I often sit with performers and I know you do the same. I have a very high standard and I'll, and I'll, I'll have my radar on for something like, oh, come on, like fucking fill the space, get that energy up, have a point, have a purpose, have a meaning. Don't tell me a story about some irreverent thing that happened and think I'm going to find you delightful. Like why am I here? And you deliver that to me in five seconds. I get bored. Me too. <laughs> Where's the effort? Where's the effort? As I said to you, I don't look like a member of crew. I don't want someone asking me where the toilets are. Please don't mistake I me. I do want someone to ask me where the toilets are, <laughs> but I will give them a very specific answer because I will also tell them which cubicle I am in. You're speaking to someone whose version of safe sex is knee pads and a stack hat. <laughs> Hi, gay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, sorry. I'm not a slut. I'm a people person. I so I was in Europe doing this. Yes. And Simone basically said to me. Owner of the Butterfly Club. First place I ever did stand up in my life. Right. Because of him. But also it's one of the only places in Melbourne at that time mm -hmm. that was a celebration of outsiders, a celebration of queer people, like a safe space without declaring it was a safe space. Yeah, absolutely. As soon as you walked in, it was like your eccentric lesbian aunt's 
chateau. Exactly like, right. Like, it also looks like my house. Yeah. Well, you could get stunning. like a Mai Tai or a mammogram in the same room <laughs> yes. and feel fine. Yes, and there'd be a stray cat sitting on your lap. They'd have slippers if you need them or stilettos or someone doing coke in the bathroom. Like it gave everything you needed and more. That's the vibe I want at my sexual health centre and possibly <laughs> like family planning. There I should be a that. cat. There should be like soft indirect lighting. Absolutely. I, I don't go for mammograms and any kind of gynecological exam since Yet. the doctors filed a complaint. They <laughs> never. I said, please, Ruben, you cannot bring your own speculum. <laughs> Mine's temperature controlled. <laughs> yes, Ruben, but it's velour. It won't, it doesn't work. But I like the texture. <laughs> Wait, so Butterfly Club, four outsiders. And he just incredible. calls me and he goes, I'm giving you a room at Comedy Fest. You have no choice in this. You have to do a solo show. I'm giving you a room for the last two weeks of Melbourne Comedy Festival. You have to do a solo show. Wow. It's time. And me, again, we've, been, we've talked about this before, not good at making decisions. Mm. But once I'm in the flow, like, cannot stop me. But the minute it's, it's like... It's almost like a hyperfixation. Stop. <laughs> Keep going. We'll talk about that. We'll Keep talk going. about that later. Yeah, go. go. Um, and I, I said, okay. Okay, great. And I booked the flight and I think I was still scribbling on that flight. Mm-hmm. Um, love a deadline. Mm-hmm. And the idea of going, well, I'll, I can write it in, I can write it on the plane. 24 hours, just... Uh, no, you, could, you can. It's probably the best material you ever write. Legitimately did. I write an entire show over months and then I get on stage and Zeke is the, in my band, he knows. I very rarely deliver the script. Very rarely. It's my scaffolding, but I'll get on stage and the band know we've run the script, we know all the cues because I've got a band too, so they've got to come in and out on stuff. And then five minutes in, I'm looking over at everyone and they're like, oh, fuck, she hasn't even started. (laughs) I just tell people, I haven't even started the show. So my show's just crept from 60 minutes to 90 minutes to two hours. Yeah. But but I think... But that's perfect. And I think, to be honest, I think I'm heading in... In that direction for sure, because my show starts at 65 minutes yeah. on the first time. And then by the end, like, well, we have to tell people this is a 90-minute show. Yes. And then the last night of Comedy Fest, I went for an hour and 50 minutes. I'm like, well, we're going to start putting intervals in just for people's bladders. You don't do that. I don't believe in intervals. Yeah. Because people can you go in people, and out. tell people, bring a shiwi. Correct. Bring a catheter. Or bring me a drink back. Correct. Like, And I send them out in bits. I'm like, just go now. I'm singing a song. Or just, it's fine. Just get me get me a scotch, whatever. So I just, for me, if I have an interval, like I said to you, I lose momentum and I'll be backstage and all of a sudden, because after shows, I don't know if you're like me, I can't go out and party like other performers. I have to cry and I have to be in a dark space and decompress. I... After a show, if I can continue the high of being on stage and can translate that into going out, can I can ride that? it. Oh, I'd love to. I can. I've never been able to. But if I don't, it's not that I cry, but I go into a full, like, blurred, blurred cotton wool depression. Oh, of just, I have I'm just, I'm totally to. alone. I have no energy. Yeah. And I walk home to my whatever, the Acom. And I can't even eat. And I'm the biggest eater around you can't town. Can't eat, can't sleep. Can't eat, can't sleep. Same. Just stare, either doom scroll or stare at the wall. But you know that's okay. That's because you've had sensory overload. And I've learned about autistic overload and sensory overload for people like me and probably you. If you you do get to the point where so we've given everything on stage, we've had the lights, we've had the clapping, and all of a sudden your brain literally cannot compute anymore. You're done. Yeah. And this is a thing. That's what it feels like. And so you have to 
go into this kite. You have to go and hibernate mm. to recharge. I have always put it as recharging, but mm. you, you've you said it much more eloquently. Overload. Yeah. And it's once you realise it's that, I used to feel bad about it, but now I know what it is. It's like, no, I've got all these spidey senses pinging off when I'm on stage. And because, you know, you're like me, I never switch off, so I'm always looking for something else to pick up on or someone will say something in the crowd or the band will do something or, you know, and I'll be on a train of thought. I've always got to be up and alert and alert and alert. If you're alert for two yeah. hours... Oh, it's, it's huge, mate. We're fucked. It's hyper but I call it, I call it the shuffle. Mm. I call it the shuffle because it's always like there's a croupier in your in the back of your head mm. being like, shuffling, shuffling, what have you got? But, but, what house can I make? If, if someone throws me this, what can I make? Can I oh. make a full house? Can I make a royal flush? Can yes. I do this? And I call it a shuffle. But then it's rare to meet other performers who, who do that. So when I saw you, because I always kind of felt alone in the world, and when I saw you performing, I was like, oh, my God. Right, I'm not a freak. There's at least one, one other of I can't us. think of anyone else who, who does what we specifically do in We're terms peerless. of... Peel. <laughs> We're Beyonce. <laughs> Can you imagine other comedians listening to this right now? Oh, they don't. Fuck yeah. They don't listen to us. <laughs> They don't because they're comedians. They then don't like us. Where, what are we? What are we? You just um, cheat. Someone once said that um, doing songs was cheating. Oh, yeah. I got one comedian say I just had a, a six-string applause machine. That's why I get claps. That sounds like a great name for a book. <laughs> six-string applause machine. <laughs> yes, because that's the album, bitch. Oh, that's you. That's is. a guitar. You oh. with a guitar. Rock goddess, and that's the name of the album. Six string applause machine. I've never been accepted in our in that community, and and then for you it's okay, I think, because you're this six foot four bejawed goddess, blonde. Like, it's okay for you. I, I mean, think. that 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 blonde is not made by God. <laughs> but you are an impressive. Unit. Yeah, yeah, but it's still a lab-made diamond. It doesn't matter. No, the, the <laughs> essence is there. It's it's very interesting, isn't it? Because you um, still have privilege in terms of. I absolutely do. Just because of your sheer impressiveness. Like, yes, you're queer, but you you're very. I don't know. I wouldn't. I just think no one would fuck with you, whereas everyone has yeah. tried to fuck with me. Everyone says has said to me when I they went back to go, oh my god. You're so nice. We thought you were going to be an asshole because they've seen the act and they went, oh, it's so forceful or impacting or whatever. Mm. And I certainly think also, even though queer, even though in makeup, um, the fact that I am male mm. does count for a lot of that privilege. And I do think a female comedians have it fucking rough. Mm. And especially if you're a female comedian who isn't conforming to purest stand-up, because comedy is still a boys' club, mm -hmm. uh, if you're not conforming to that purest stand-up or you're not being one of the boys, mm. or specifically if you're like you and go, I know my fucking audience. My audience are incredible, powerful, femme mm. women, you know? And like, gay men. And gay men. And the lesbians. I have everyone and but lesbians. the straights. And yeah. Oh, how terrible. What a terrible audience not to have. Imagine having all What's the people who organise everything... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> who pre-plan, yep. who book things in advance. Yep. Why do my shows sell out in advance? Because of the people that follow me. Exactly. Because they all know how to organise shit. Yeah. We know how to vote and book shows. Exactly. Put on festivals. <laughs> That's it. Like, it's truly, I, I wouldn't shift my audience for anything in the world. I And it always blows my mind when I hear... Other comics saying, "Oh, she's only successful because of that." And it's like, but that's the whole point. Like, do you that's, say that about? You're other still people? saying she's successful. So how are you? <laughs> how are you doing on your 50, <laughs> 50 buck gig for thirty people at the comics lounge? What so, are you doing, bitch? So I did. So you did the solo show. I did and you, the solo and show. That's it. 
you're in. You loved I, it. Yeah, I loved it. And I realised the power of um, of doing the, doing a season of a show and growing the material and the camaraderie of what you formed with a band that you played with for a long mm. time. Mm. Um, and I know in a solo show you have much more freedom with a musical number to go, well, I want to play here. Whereas in a in a cabaret where there are other acts, mm. strict times. Acrobats have to stay warm for certain amounts of time. You can't just go on for 20 minutes of this. So I was, oh, there's an, another level of freedom, mm. another level of expression, another level of intensity, and an audience that sits with you for an hour mm. is very different to an audience that sits with you hosting. Yeah. And that's a really wonderful dynamic to play with. So then I um, just kept going and going. But we when went did to you Edinburgh decide you were going to delve into trauma? Because you do. Oh, I'm Jewish. <laughs> I wanted to press that. I, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have a fiddler on the roof sample? How dare. Anti-Semitism. The Kanye West of <laughs> podcasting. But that's what I loved. The other thing I loved about your show is that there was, like, like I w- literally workshop trauma in a leotard with a seven piece. That's how yeah. I do it, man. Like, I mean, I work on it with a therapist and behind the scenes, but when I'm ready. When you're ready, the, but the most powerful thing anyone can ever do, I think, is process their trauma to the point where you can celebrate it and celebrate surviving it and hold that up as an example to other people that mm. they can also do it too. That is the cornerstone of queer humour. It is the cornerstone of Jewish humour. Mm. Think of what the Jews have been through. Mm. Um and it's, I don't even know how to react to that adequately. Like you've literally said, think of what the Jews have been through, and it's so. I'm like, it's. I was like, a, and it's not ending. It's still not ending. I know. And how about this? And this is the thing that still makes me fucking choke up is when, uh, and we're getting very heavy here, so I'm very oh, sorry. Oh, they're used to it. Great. When the when the concentration camps were liberated at the end of the Second World War. I regret pressing that noise now. It's very funny. I um, regret it so much. When those camps were liberated at the mm. end, um, everyone was released except for the queer prisoners because oh, being right. queer, being gay men was still, still a crime and they were sent back to prisons. So... Hi, gay. Stop it. He no, pressed it. I pressed Ruben it. Pressed I pressed that it. Button. But I can do it because it's my trauma. It, well, it's, it it's, is. It's a. It's. It's you. past the parcel, but it's trauma we're unwrapping. Your story. Your like, stories from your the, family history. It's really dark, and I grew up with a lot of very dark stories mm. because my. Fa- How's this for an example? I had an aunt. Um, who was a very difficult woman, mm. not very liked by a lot of people, and I remember my mother saying to me that, Ruben, you've got to be nice to her because she survived Auschwitz and that changes a person. Mm. And we all went, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. And then my grandmother piped up from the back. She was a bitch before she went to Auschwitz. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! Oh, my God. Just want to point out, Ruben is Jewish. Yeah. His family survived the Holocaust. Yeah. His trauma. He can make jokes. But, like, that's the – when things – there's an old Jewish saying of we love – bitch before – Oh, great. There was – um. Because there's a Jewish saying, we laugh, we laugh because what's the alternative? Mm. We laugh so we don't oh, cry. Oh, I say, oh, name of my next book. It is, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. I honestly, but if it you is don't the laugh, eth- you it's cry. the ethnic mindset. A, a million percent, the ethnic mindset. Every time, every time, some, some. My grandparents Jewish... escaped Mussolini. Correct. Right, and like uh, you, 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 fuck. Kept the shoes though. Oh. <laughs> I'm not pressing that button. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, gay. West. Um. 
No, but this but is... That, I think we both come from people who that's their defence mechanism, Correct. you know? And I think that's that's what we've taken and into our also comedy. Also, they then moved into super anglicised Aussie mm. racist Australia mm. at that time and then had to function in that society and bring up kids in that society and in some ways... Excuse me, didn't know that reflex still worked. In some ways, arm their children with something to mm-hmm. help them through. Mm. And for us, that was humour. We grew mm. up watching... The first movie I ever saw was um, Night at the Opera with the Marx Brothers. Mine was The Amazing Race with Tony Curtis. The Great Race. This explains so much about us. That's the first movie I saw. also explains how you do your brows. <laughs> it's interesting. It's just got that nice Tony Curtis... Like, oh, it's mm. strictly eyes. <laughs> yeah, my dad sat me down in front of The Great Race. That's what I watched. Oh, Lucille Ball. Lucille Ball. Lucille Ball. Where am Lucille I saying Ball. Lucille Ball. Uh, yeah, Bette Midler. These yes. are all the things that I got put in front of. Yep. All these things. Oh. So I, I, this is, again, why yeah. my parents were like, mm, really, huh? <laughs> Fun. You, you gay, the other, the other thing she said was, Reuben, it's 12.30 at night. Go to bed. I'll buy you condoms in the morning. I'm like, I'm 14, Mum. I'm already on prep. I'm barebacking. Oh, my God. Stop it. So... Yes, you work like your trauma. But also, I feel like, do we need to get to a point? Is that unhealthy for us? It's unhealthy if we, I think it's unhealthy if we sit in it or if we don't provide a solution to mm. it. If there isn't um, a spoken or even an unspoken solution, because we've all seen a lot of queer trauma stories. Mm. You know, and a lot of us have passed it. Look at the success of Heartstopper mm. as an example. Oh. My favourite. So cute. Couldn't take it. Bored. Nothing happened. But... Did you not watch it? No, no. Watched it. Oh, didn't But like I'm like... It. Have you done Young Royals? No, not done Young Royals. Ooh, but also, like I'm at an age where I'm like, oh... I don't know what he's going to say, gang. I truly... <laughs> he's my friend. I have no idea what he's about to say. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm at an age where the minute people are too young, I'm like, I I don't want to... Okay, like, I get it. I'm the same. I'm like, if, it's a bit different, but I say if I could have birthed them... I can't really be watching this. And I know it's yours is... It's not for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but also it's this thing of going, like, I couldn't get into Stranger Things and It because I'm like, those kids would be dead in a second. I don't believe in this. <laughs> and moreover, they should be. They didn't call a responsible adult. <laughs> call an adult. You're not that interesting. You would be dead. You'd all be limbless in a sewer because you've all would have stuck your hand in looking for the fucking boat. I love your review. Oh, I didn't watch Stranger Things. Don't watch it. They should be dead. They should. They should have known better. Every parent, Where are the parents? Uh, every parent Where are is, the parents? How can every parent who watched it not go, fuck, they should have called their parents? I mean, obviously not <laughs> the girl. Her dad was. It's another thing. But um, the for me, Heartstopper was beautiful. And I, have, I do understand it. But for me, narrative-wise, I still needed some form of conflict. Yeah. I right. needed something. Yeah. However, seeing beautiful positive queer stories like that and seeing what I what I didn't have in my upbringing mm. and those beautiful moments that mm. queer kids get to have now, mm. like the freedom to date mm. in high school instead of being terrified of any kind of male well, both contact. Both my or, girls date both genders and it's nothing. It's fantastic. They all do. It's fantastic. Like, it's so good. Right. And it's just not even a – and I marvel at it. But I had to go through a period of mourning that, again – when I realised yeah. that people younger than me were having these things, of course. that it's what we all fought for. Mm. And then I go, how amazing for them. And because, by virtue of how amazing for them, the, the drop-off of that was me going, I'll never have that. I never had that. And I, can't, I have to go through an, a private period because no one else's, no one's, like, 
I think every every gay person your age, every queer person of our age and up, I think which is really, what twenty five. Yeah, thanks. Great. I think that's really interesting that you bring that up, and maybe something you should explore because you're not the only person who would have had that grief. No, absolutely not. No, and I think you've really. I think that's really. I reckon you should like pop that down somewhere. Just do a show for the for the queers and the straight I mean, people to come to and understand. I don't know if you've seen my show. <laughs> It's called The Butcher's Back. So good. No, but you know what I mean? Like the topic, still with The Butcher's Back, you still touched on very universal, you know, the stuff with your dad. And yeah. Well, The Butcher's Back was designed specifically to be um, a stand-up heavy show because mm. a lot of people in the comedy industry said the equivalent of, will your cabaret not comedy? Mm. As if cabaret can't be funny. Oh, I've and just never heard this before. It's just shocking. Really. Yeah, you heard it as well. What? And I was just like going, okay, okay, yeah, you Yeah, watch fuckers. me go, motherfuckers. I'm going to prove that I am funnier than half of your fucking stand-ups. No, I would say most. And can sing the house down, can dance, Amen, can sister. do crowd work, can get a standing ovation, and I can do it all in heels. I do mean, that, do that, Husey. Oh, my God, I love that. And, yes, and I would tell him, I would say that to him all the time. Um, he knows that. He knows of his limitations. I fucking, I just want to cry. I've never, I feel so seen. I feel so seen by this human in front of me because, fuck. But you can get away with saying that. If I said that, I'd be destroyed by the toy poppy syndrome, people. I don't, I actually, I personally don't necessarily think that's true because you have built an entire safety net, an entire world around you, from the podcast to the shows to the way you interact with your fans on such a personal, relatable level, the best thing about you, I mean, there are many amazing things about you. Thanks. I love that this is where this podcast has gone. Keep but going. But this is, well, I mean, it was. this was in my briefing notes. I got told this by your producer and I got slipped to 50. Is that the actual focus of your work is the fans? Oh. Not the industry. A million percent. And you, I bet you every bottom dollar that um, any comedian out there who, um, well, not every, but like a lot of the mediocre ones are obsessed with the industry more than the work mm. and are obsessed with the industry and how they're perceived in the industry yes. more than how they're perceived by their fans or second, how much they speak to their fans. Oh, my God. You are so true. And also when you're dealing with shows that deal with heavy stuff. Mm, it's important. You've got a responsibility. Correct. You have a duty of care. Mm. Because so my show, Butcher's Back, deals with a whole bunch of stuff, but specifically it deals with parental reactions to kids coming out and where those and trying to get queer kids to maybe understand where their parents are coming from if they have a stumble. Mm. Like my dad did. He spoke from a place of like trauma that was passed yeah. down yeah. to him. Yeah. Specifically trauma about the Holocaust. And it was I didn't understand it at the time. And actually through understanding it, I realized I didn't need to forgive him because I understood him. Yeah. And we became like best friends after being estranged for a whole bunch of time, you know? Mm. Um, but because of that, at the end of the show, I have queer kids bringing their parents to the show. Mm. I have queer people coming and saying, that's my story. Mm. I have parents bringing their queer kids to the show saying, that's my story mm. and I'm working and I'm trying to be better. And you know what? I have a responsibility to, to engage with the community I've created. You do, and you do it so beautifully. And I think telling other people's stories in your own is the most powerful form of what we do. And don't you find that it's I, – I tell the stories of my life that I feel are super specific to me, mm -hmm. and then through the audience interaction at the end, I find out that they oh, are universal. They go, so broad. That specific thing happened exactly to me. Yes. And that's what makes it magic. And that's The niche you go – 
the bigger impact it Correct. seems to have, right? And this is where the answer to your question is that, um, is it a bad thing? Is it toxic to share trauma? Mm. Not if you provide uh, a resolution mm. or a community mm. or a sense of comfort, safety around it. Mm. And that's the goal because oh we're trying to change things for the better. So that Exactly, which is why I do what I do. I don't care about the industry. I don't care. I mean, we all want to, you know. The industry want, will have to catch up. I want to get as big as I can. To you. <laughs> exactly. But I want to not, I know, and you know what it is to be 2am crying in the dark, feeling alone, not knowing what the fuck's going on and just feeling like you are in a pit. And if I that can. That was wet on Wellington. It's a, <laughs> the walls are very dark there, but it's wiped clean. <laughs> but if we can stop someone from feeling like that. Through yeah. being ridiculous on stage. Yeah. Or let them know that right. when they feel like that, other people do too and it's okay and yeah. it's part of a process. Yeah, and we crawl out. Yeah. We do. And so this and I've is... seen your shows, literally. <laughs> we both are crawling, crawling through the audience on a hand and knee. Because that's the best part about us is we recognise that there is supreme um, dignity and clowning ridiculousness mm. and that means that on stage there is no dignity, mm -hmm. there is no image no. to uphold and what that means is it's fearless. It's like watching a rock show yeah. but with dick jokes. A hundred percent. And sometimes in my case, which I'm going to lend to you, the giant inflatable dick, a literal dick. You don't need it back though, right? In <laughs> no, you can have factory it settings? Because <laughs> I want to be, I want to be, oh my God, the name's just gone out of my head and I'm trying to think about it. Um, two sisters. Do now always got the oh, heart. heart. Oh. Nancy Wilson. Yes. I want to be Anna Nancy Wilson. Well, I mean, I keep getting told. Do you know people say, oh, there's not enough room for you and Ruben. You could never work together. You would hate each other. Done it. Do you know people say that to me? I'm like, Who I said that to everyone. you? Everyone. When I mention I've fallen in love with Ruben, the, the next response was, you're too similar. I have a harpoon gun and a dream. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> the thing is, I only want to champion people like us. Correct. I want more of us. What I love is, you know what, that, that tells a lot about um, how people view us or how people project on us because what they see is a massive ego. Mm. What they see is this massive ego, one, because that's the stereotype that's come before, and two, I think it's because they're projecting. So then, <laughs> I don't know why. But it's like if you don't understand that the core of this is celebration, mm. uplifting, mm. change, mm. Like, can you... Fuck you off. Know, you and me singing Dead Kennedys, Too Drunk to Fuck? <laughs> Great. Genius. Let's try it. <laughs> I just feel like there's this idea that there's not enough eyes to go around. You know, like it's this some kind of finite... It, it's, it's, it's bizarre. There's but, no I in team, but there's a U in cunt. Thank you. Yeah. That is an M, that is an M Rusciano <laughs> original that I am going to get tattooed on my gooch. <laughs> What's a gooch? Oh, it's a small fishing nation wedged between Estonia and Latvia. <laughs> it's, um... Hi, gay. <laughs> <laughs> right, I want to talk to you about something serious because we've already been going 43 minutes. Hit me. I assumed you and you were divergent when we met. Most performers that I come across and become friends with, turns out we're all part of the same magic brain situation. You... Then I think I sent you into a bit of a spiral when I explained. Oh, you broke me. No, you broke me. <laughs> so you're not diagnosed with Not anything. diagnosed. My, I remember my mum mentioned something about when I was a child or about me saying, oh, yeah, as a kid we, we thought about 
because I was a real I was a real handful mm, as a kid. Same. Shock horror. What? And um, uh, and I think my mum said something about we just never wanted any kind of you to be medicated. So I I can't remember if they went through with the test or if I did the test or, you know, it's one of those things that's lost. Mm. But um, then we were talking. And I was talking about a situation I had. I was having, going through with a friend of mine where I was like, oh, I just feel like I'm about to lose a friend. And then you mentioned... Rejection sensitivity dysphoria. And you explained it to me. And as you explained it to me, it was like uh, a Pixar animation <laughs> of me just slowly cracking, like I was made of glass, cracking, and then just shattering into a million pieces in front of you in a CBD bistro <laughs> into my third margarita. We had so many margaritas. I just, I don't know, I, and I shouldn't pathologise and assume, especially with people I love and care about, but I don't know, I just, I figure because you and I function on the same plane that there's got to be something going on there for you. Well, you've, you've mentioned a, a whole bunch of things that resonated, like just hit me, hit me like a, a shotgun, like a, a, a train. So hit me like a freight train. But I just felt like you are in pain. And, and I um, wanted to help. Well, it resonated and I've got an appointment with my GP uh, in about a week when I'm oh, back from the next cruise wow. to go and just talk about it. Good. Talk about it and see. And you don't have to medicate. You know, there's so many other options. Oh, I have no worries about medicating. I know, Dylan. I have no fear of drugs. That's <laughs> <laughs> true, he doesn't. I have a great story on that, by the way, the next. Um, uh, and then, uh, so I'm just going to see. I'm just going to see what it is. Because you speak of grief about young queer Reuben, right? Yeah. Be prepared for that to come for young neurodivergent Reuben if that's the case. Oh, no, I, yeah. Because that's what hit me. That, really? And it still does. I still feel really sad because I just couldn't figure out why the fuck I didn't fit in and why everyone was finding the easy stuff easy. Because I'm really good at hard shit, Ruby. Like, I'm really good at hard things and oh, I'm really bad at easy we things. We have always run before we could walk. Yeah. It's like, so it, it resonates for me in terms of like, Singing, mm. I can do the hard straight stuff, off, straight up the back. Mm. But the simple, like, groundwork of breathing and technique and uh, all that stuff, I just, it never same. sinks in. My warm-up's my first song. Correct. <laughs> oh, my God. It was, Ruben, how do you warm up? First song. First song, bitch. Yeah, and they all know that. My band know that too. Yeah. It's fine. Like, it, it's but all, this, all this stuff that I thought were character flaws and I developed great shame around when you realise that actually you can't help it. These are things that are just how you are wired. No more than you can help being a queer person. No more than you can help anything. Me oh, being no, a cunt. Oh, no, that's that's actually a choice. <laughs> it's been proven. Oh, choose to be gay. Well, good choice. Yeah, because I love being beaten up and shit on my dick. Oh, God. Hi, gay. I love pulling out and singing Armand Magnum. It's heaven. Hi, gay. So I'm just saying, if this is a thing that happens and you are neurodivergent, it's a whole, it's a whole other thing to go through. Well, look, I've gone through a lot. You really have. Let's if anyone... keep going. <laughs> if anyone can take it. So, what, name of his autobiography. Yeah. So what? Um, <laughs> What's next before I let you go? And my audience are going to fall in love with you. And, and I'm, I just, I really, we have to do something together at some point. Please, um, please. I'd love to. We need to. I don't even know how. We're both bad at organising shit, but. And we're both very busy. So busy. We should just record a duet. 
Or, or yes, but also just simple things like if you're doing stuff and you want me to come and sing with you or whatever, like you don't have to pay me. I'll just show up. Heaven. Heaven right. on a stick. But Great, yeah. I hate paying people. Oh, me too. Uh, no, I don't actually. <laughs> I feel very guilty. It's, no, it's the best part of it. <laughs> I love paying. All the people work for me and my friends. Oh, Millie was said. How great is that it's when you're like, so good when here, you have you got friends. the money? Great, because I can't stand owing anyone anything. Oh, me neither. I can't stand having any kind of thing hanging over me. I'm like, get it out, get it out, get it out, get it out. You're get Jewish, I'm Italian. Rip the bed. <laughs> I love you so much. Thank you for being here. It's actually a joy. <laughs> now we're going to go and decompress in an isolation tank. I'm exhausted. This is, I need a nap. Hi, gay. Free Time Tuesday on Emsolation is a Spotify exclusive podcast hosted and produced by M. Rossiano, recorded and edited at Down the Hill Studios by Ezekiel Finn. A brand new episode of Emsolation with M. Rossiano drops every Thursday, 6 a.m., only on Spotify. <laughs>